Please be seated. Some of you may know that prior to entering ordained ministry, I was in law enforcement. First as a police officer in Florida, and then working for the Justice Department in Washington, D.C. I share that with you because these last few weeks, I have not found the right words. While I am grateful for that vocation, I have been left with images that I wish I could forget. Images of death and tragedy. Seeing things that hopefully many will never have to see. Whether it was sitting with a family dealing with the loss of a child or a tragic accident, there were never words. There was never the right thing to be able to say. And actually, one of the things that I thought was a blessing was that my ability to leave a scene and never have to stand as I watched death to deal with the aftermath to deal with those that were affected. Those images carry and stay with you. But there's never the right words. And then I'm mindful that today, 24 years ago today, another act of violence took place in Oklahoma City. And as a Justice Department employee, I was on the scene in Oklahoma City within days of that tragedy. Once again, no words that I could offer, nothing to provide any sense of comfort or to put any sense to the death and to the tragedy. As the dean wrote in his reflection this morning, when we hear the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come face to face with moments when violence carries the day. There are no answers. And I share all that with you because in these days I have journeyed with a colleague who has stood vigil as a child slowly dies. And as of this hour, this child is still clinging to life. There are no answers. There are no words sufficient. And as I reflected early this morning on what I would say to you all, I turn to the words of another to help us as we reflect on this day. These words are written by a theologian named Henry Nouwen. He writes, Oh dear Lord, what can we say to you? 
Is there any word that could come from our mouths? Any thought? Any sentence? You died for us. You gave all for our sins. You not only became man for us, but also suffered the most cruel death. Is there any response? We wish that we could find a fitting response. But in contemplating your holy passion and death, we can only confess humbly to you that the immensity of your divine love makes any response seem totally inadequate. Let us just stand and look at you. Your body is broken, your head wounded. Your hands and feet are split open by nails. Your side is pierced. Your dead body now rests in the arms of your mother. It is all over now. It is finished. It is fulfilled. It is accomplished. Sweet Lord, gracious Lord, generous Lord, forgiving Lord, we adore you. We praise you. We thank you. You have made all things new through your passion and death. Your cross has been planted in this world as a sign of new hope. Brothers and sisters, God has been and will be in the most awful places in which we find ourselves. Even in the places where we are sure God is absent. That is what we can learn when we confront the crucifixion in all its ugliness and all its horror. Jesus' struggles and failure and death is, in fact, a profound affirmation of our own many struggles, of our own failures in the chaos of our lives. And it is in the face of our darkest moments, even in the reality of our own death, that we are granted permission to give ourselves completely over, completely over as Christ did, to the seemingly impossible potential that somehow, in the end, God might draw grace out of senselessness. May we always live under your cross, O Lord, 
and proclaim the hope of your cross unceasingly.